0: Hey guys, uh, this is Casey. Just wanted to give you a quick shout and, and tell you this episode. We're going to be, uh, covering a little bit about my life. It's kind of sporadic. It's kind of, kind of all over the place. Uh, just, but there's some good material and, and I really think that people need to hear, uh, some of the stuff in here, not because of me, but because it's just, uh, it's good stuff to go over and it's good to get in the light and, uh, and bring bring honesty and 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 passion to things. So, I uh, hope you guys are blessed by this. If you need to get a hold of anybody, if you need to get a hold of Jason or me, you can go on to our 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 website saltydogspodcast.com. You can shoot us a line and uh let us know. You know, we want we want to, this this isn't about us. This is this is about the body and uh we want to be here for you, you know, be in any way that we can. And I mean that honestly and earnestly from, from my heart. You know, do not hesitate to shout out. If, if you go through this episode and you are struggling with some of these things that I'm talking about, man, shoot me a line, bro. So brother, sister, I will be there. Just shoot me a line uh, and, and let me know. You can get a hold of me on Facebook, too, Casey Tavares. I mean, whatever, dude. I, just shoot me a line, all right? So I hope you all are blessed. Too blessed to be stressed. See you later, guys. Ye ol' segue. And we're back. With the dublet. The Double Double.
1: Season Dose 2.0. Mm. Salty Dogs Podcast yeah, coming okay. at you. 2018. Cleopatra. What, what? Cleopatra was coming. an Egyptian woman.
0: <laughs> Methuselah groomed her pet Leviathan.
1: You guys are going to hear a little I'm bit really of
0: I'm really just this, trying to get
1: my jaw that. loosened up on the end. How now, brown cow? Uh, Nebuchadnezzar, <laughs> by the beard of Zeus, by uh, the beard of Zeus. Yeah, man, dude, we've had a crazy morning, so we're that actually was good. We're pulling a double header um, the this old morning, <clears throat> and if I may, we're I'm actually pulling a quadruple header. I've um, got two recordings after this one today with the Disciple Nations podcast, and so mm, must be nice. A, just a little. Uh, <laughs> Just a little free advertisement there for the Disciple Nations podcast. You can check that out on iTunes, Google, and Stitcher and all that fun stuff. I'm a moderator, and uh, it's really great. So, yeah, we're having a good time this morning at the Source Wichita in the chapel, getting our record on. The Chappelle. And uh, we just we just spent quite a bit of time uh, talking about my testimony. You can check that out in Season 1 if you haven't already. And uh, I would say we're welcoming back Chris uh, Serna, but Yo, yo. <laughs> I mean, he's... <laughs> He's not back from anywhere. He <laughs> he's just sat He's here been there. He's just been sitting here to, until we started recording again. Um so good. Tri- so Chris Cerna with us here again as moderator. Um, is
2: that is that my title? I need to know my title to yeah. fulfill my role. Chris Cerna. Official
1: moderator of the Salty Dogs podcast. Nice. You didn't think you were going to be a part of this, but we're reeling you in. He's Suck reeling a, me in.
2: Suck a chump. One would say that you're acting like Satan and op- opening doors and... Yeah, Leading the Salty Dogs
1: podcast is like a roaring lion seeking <laughs> whom he may devour. That's right. So we've got... Um, I think this is going to be an interesting episode because we're going to talk about Casey's life. <sighs> Casey, you ready to talk about your life, bro? I have you to You ready be.
2: to spill the beans? I have to be.
1: <laughs> Don't make <laughs> fun of me.
0: Hashtag I have to be.
1: Uh, Hashtag have to be, bro. Yeah. Man,
0: um... You know, before before I even I was just thinking, about it. I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, I'll give my testimony, no big deal, I've done that a hundred times, you know. Um, but I don't know. For me, there's I, there's an anxiety, you know what I mean? I don't because this is different and uh, it feels different. Um, and it's really interesting. Before uh, this morning, I was just kind of you know floating around and doing the thing in the morning I was actually on the roller you know those uh those foam rollers that you get that you just put on the floor and you just roll I was uh, I was doing that this morning and uh, I don't know the Lord kind of spoke to me and I just well not really well I mean he did speak to me but uh he just said he was talking that that he put that in my mind that scripture you know what he's you know what I mean where it says that the me- men ha- hate hate the light, because their yeah. deeds are dark, and then uh, literally sitting here listening to Jason's um, Jason's testimony earlier, I flipped my Bible open, and the first thing I turned to was the picture here, or that that scripture here in uh, John, where he's talking about how men hate the light because yeah. their deeds are evil. And uh, to me, that's personal because um, hiding things, you know, truth. What's the truth? All I'm supposed to do today uh on this episode is to tell the truth of mm. uh, of my life and you know yeah. even Pilate asked what is truth well the yeah. truth in in my life is 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 going to be what I share with you and it's probably going to be ugly and I'm going to use some uh, vocabulary that not a lot of church people are familiar with or acquainted with um and uh you know cuz it's just it's ugly and it's nasty and uh I I think that honesty honestly is the best policy when is you're this talking a, about these things
1: is this a pg-13 episode should parents uh, turn may, off the radio maybe if the not kids are in the room uh,
0: maybe not not in a sense that it's going to be vulgar but in a sense okay. that it is going to be you're uh, going to call you're going to call gonna stuff gonna, what it is it's going to be honest yeah yeah, yeah.
2: And so uh, I don't know where to start. Well, here's what I would say, Casey. I, what I thought was really interesting about Jason's story was where he chose to share. Uh, which, which you know, he really didn't get too much into present day. He kind of gave it a quick update. But um, so I would say, share. <laughs> this kind of feels like this goes without saying, but share where you feel like the Lord is leading you. Well.
0: I'll start by saying that I've there's never been a gap in my life uh, between me and Christianity. Um, I have always been associated with it. I was born, you know, womb to pew, like we'd like to say. Uh, I've been going to church, you know, since I was since I was way young, you know. Uh, so for me, there is I don't have a definitive moment where, you know, my life was this thing without God or without. Um, Without an an understanding or or I guess a preconceived notion of who he was, yeah, you know it was never like that, and then I had this moment where I came to him, and then everything else uh, is gravy after that. rather, my story is one of of a son who you know what I mean uh, going way 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 out there, way past um you know in the land where the pigs were at, you know what I'm saying? And, and, uh, whopping around in pig filth, you know, it, it, it was a, it was a coming back. It's this story of, um, of, of <laughs> like tension and frustration and, uh, pain and agony, um, knowing or thinking that I know and understood God as who he was and not understanding why he wasn't acting in my life the way that I thought that you know, the way I'd been told all my life that God would interact. Mm, yeah. So it's this deep frustration and this internal struggle of um, of a son wanting so badly, you know what I mean, mm. to, to, to get away from, from the sins and the things that were entangling me, but not having the freedom to do so. And uh, that's where my story is. It's not, like I said, uh, uh, pre-Jesus and then the post-Jesus. It's like Jesus all the way through. So but, sit right back yeah. and you'll hear a tale. <laughs> so, I mean... Where to start? Honestly, uh, like I said, I, I grew up in the church, um, going to Sunday school, going to yeah. You know, I, I grew up in Derby Church of the Nazarene, which is yeah. you know we've had Jeff Jewett on there on our podcast. Some of the fondest yeah, the fondest memories I have,
1: but it's kind of a uh, nice full circle kind of it thing. Kinda it kind of is,
0: you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's really strange that yeah. uh, I started there, I left, uh, went to churches in between, and then I ended up back there uh, under new under a new leadership and a new guidance from Jeff Jewett. So sh- shout out to Jeff Jewett, man, he's a a great guy. Dude, stellar. He is stellar. Yeah. Yeah. He just, just really doing it for the Lord. And uh, so (laughs) just
1: really getting it,
0: just getting it. So (laughs) I grew up, I grew up, um, Nazarene Christian, right? Mm -hmm. You got this, uh, you know, with and everything that comes with it, which is you know, uh, Sunday school, and like yeah. Jason was saying, the, these tales that you get, and and uh, gee, the B-I-B-L-E.
1: yes, that's the book for me. If I stand <laughs> <up on> the <laughs> way I love <laughs> the B-I-B-O. and you know, you sing these, Father we sing Abraham these, so- <laughs> and, <many sons. laughs>
0: and so we sing these songs, and we we do these things, and uh, for me, I don't know what what started, um. Because my life is one streaming event i I, I can't even honestly tell you years uh, where these these events happen because I've never paid attention. it's always been a, a streaming a streaming event of of uh, drugs and alcohol since honestly since I was in high school and you know it really didn't start uh it let me back up here because it didn't really start um getting really ugly when I was in high school you know what I mean it was just kind of the the fooling around thing yeah. you know what I mean where you're kind of the, the hook's there and it's baited and you're just kind of you know slapping it around a little bit you don't really take it yeah. yet but the but, testing uh, it yeah. yeah you're testing it you know what I mean and, uh, I, and I so just, when
2: was it was that high school you said
0: high school was where it really kind of yeah. kind of you know the bait started coming in and but I had had some hurts before that um Honestly, sexual sins Mm. that were committed against me and then propagated through me, you know, and reciprocated through me. And, uh, I think that's where a lot of the hurt and the shame, shame and guilt is a, is a powerful tool in the hands of the enemy. You know what I mean? And, and, uh, and the lack of understanding. And so and that's the first time honestly that I've really shared that with anybody uh, yeah, I where where I, knew that. where I think that it all came from because yeah. i I've had a, a long period of my life analyzing things and trying to understand what was inside of me that caused that was the root right so the the drugs and the alcohol and the and the, the sexual promiscuity were are all fruits of a of, right. of a, of a yeah. deep rooted issue right because i about don't
1: even it. know that I had really addressed that with myself I just kind of talked about the geyser and not the, the boiling water on the surface.
0: Right. And so, and this is the, this is that realization, even, even you want to call it a realization, but honestly, it's nothing. It's not a revelation. It's just, it's, that comes from a lot of time of contemplation and self hatred and self deprecation. Yeah. You know what I mean? And a lot of time spent inward, uh, wondering and and rooting around in darkness (laughs) that's inside of me, you know what I mean? And so, um, but that it started with that i believe that that's where that started that route that came in and then uh i got a hold of just you know what high schoolers do we we and i don't i certainly don't want to normalize drugs and alcohol in high school but for the most part it is a, it is part of the high school experience yeah, yeah. and you, you were
1: know, in a small town
0: a small town and you know honestly let's not placate here derby's got a drug problem and uh yeah. you know there's a lot of stuff going on underneath uh and, and subsurface levels where the, you polish it up you know what i mean you make it white suburbia but deep down and i've and this all addressed this as well deeper into my my uh you know but there are some systemic issues inside of small towns like that that are mm. like a like a whitewashed tomb you know yeah, what i mean yeah. housing dead bodies yeah and so uh
1: yeah, and you're and then you're talking to Christopher, who's a pastor at Living Water in Correct. Derby, Kansas. Correct. So this is could probably gonna be interesting. Yeah, right, in and that. so this is,
2: this is healthy to hear. Yeah, you know?
0: and so so let's start high school. Okay, drunk, drinking, puffing on the devil's lettuce. You know the Chiba. <laughs> you know that raggedy ditch the weed. The ganja. Yeah, the, the ganja smoke. But. uh S- you- <laughs> moved into a little bit. Smoking um, a pancake? <laughs> so, bonging uh, bong and a blitz. And so, uh, a little bit of hard drugs, but not much. But it really, uh, it really started. In high school. In high school. A little bit of hard right. drugs.
2: And so, yeah. were, your, were your parents aware? I mean, you said they, you grew in this, at this point, were your parents aware of They were, you know and, what
0: I mean? They're, you're and, always yeah. suspicious of your children. And should, you should be anyway, you yeah. know what I mean? Because kids are good at hiding stuff. They had a, a small idea. I had gotten in trouble uh, a couple times. One time, I, I had brought in some alcohol to school and got... And Got caught for you it. Had brought an alcohol. Brought an alcohol to school. Just one. Uh, allegedly, uh, that was never proven. <laughs> first of all, uh, so allegedly, I had brought. You know, so I got kicked out of school. So, and my parents, and I've struggled with depression uh, for a very long time. My mom uh, knows that as well. And I, like I said, I believe that comes from the things that had happened earlier on in my life. I, so, yeah. coupled coupled with that, uh, and a de- so, and depression.
1: So, tell me real quick what what was. The manifestation of your depression was it like lethargy or like what just feelings of worthlessness? Like how did that complete, kind of manifest itself? Complete
0: worthlessness and I, I, a, a worldview that was um, quite drab. You know what I mean? It was just yeah. cynical, hard, cynical, hard to find, hard to find hope even within the church, hard to find hope mm. uh, around me. You know yeah. and and uh, which which I feel ashamed to say sometimes because God has blessed me in ways that are unreal, you know what I mean, and, and sometimes I don't feel as though I'm as grateful as I should be, uh, for being where I am today, and, uh, so struggling with depression, struggling with, with those kinds of things, and then you add alcohol and drugs onto that, and all of a sudden you have this recipe for, <laughs> you know, a wrecking ball, you know, and so, uh, I didn't get very good gr- grades in school, I struggled, I was eccentric, you know what I mean, I, I was, I was hard paying attention, like, I, didn't get the best grades, like I said. I didn't really have, uh, you know, I wasn't didn't have any really any college plans. So I, I, did what a lot of young men do, which is I believe the propaganda of the government, uh, especially especially uh, post 9/11. And uh, you know you want to go over right. there and kill all those right. Muslims who did yeah. that to your country, and they they play they play off that, and then all of a sudden yeah. I found myself in the military at eighteen years old.
2: And so was this this was right out of high school. This
0: was right out of high school. Yeah. I mean, I had two months, and then I was I was off to to go to boot camp.
1: And so did you feel like that was like was it really the the nine eleven kind of thing? You're like I'm going to go do something, or was it? I'm going to get away, and I'm going to run from my problems. It I'm wasn't gonna-
0: run from my problems because at that time I didn't recognize them as problems. I just thought, yeah. you know what I mean. I just thought, hey, I'm just partying, having a good time. We're doing this, doing that, you know, whatever. So to me, uh, uh, that naivete, you know, I just i joined i joined the military. Uh, you you bought into it. I bought this into it. I bought into it. You know, and I was like, yeah you know and then but when you get into the military and for for all of its bad you know i will say that the military taught me a lot of things it it uh, taught me a certain grit um, uh, um, a strength, a discipline within, you know, just putting up with crappy situations. Not a discipline as in, oh, I disciplined my life and then it got better. It was yeah. just a, the discipline to keep on chugging and to keep your fo- your feet moving through the crappiest of situations. And I met a lot of great friends uh, who I'm still friends with today and a lot of good people, you know what I mean, from different backgrounds. I mean, I lived in, I, I got stationed in Hawaii. I lived in Hawaii. And, yeah. And uh, yeah. Must have been rough. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I so let's fast forward through boot camp. Fast forward through all those stories that the, you know, that your grandpa tells you about well, back in my day. I'm not going to do that, dude. I'm just going to fast forward because the the bulk of the the, the meat of my testimony is is uh, when I get out of the military and I come back home. Yeah. So walk uh, us through. I mean, what did that look like? Yeah. So I, out. when I got to the military, or when I got to Hawaii, uh, I was in an infantry division. Uh, they had just gotten back from Iraq, and uh, honestly, you know. It, it's a party. It really is a bunch of young men, twenty, you know, twenties and up. You know, living in a barracks together. Just got back from war. I'm I'm fresh on the scene, arriving there, um, and uh, it's a huge party. Drugs are prominent. Uh, Where are
1: you at? Hawaii. Hawaii. Okay.
0: Right. So and. and it, <laughs> Put that on top of there too. You know, it's I know. Hawaii. I and just so, wanted to remind yeah. you right. where you were. Yeah, and where we're not. So. <laughs> and so, and so, and so, uh, drugs. You can't smoke a whole lot of weed, you know, because they they give you randos. So uh, you, you do three day drugs, and that's where I got kind of introduced to ecstasy, cocaine, um, thing, harder things. But more importantly, uh, I had sustained an injury that I had to have a surgery on, and that was when I was in the through, you know, through their. Prescriptions. That was when I was introduced to painkillers, and Mm. that has been uh, a vice for me for a very long time. Yeah, and that's when I was kind of where that
1: started. Correct. And that was eighteen years old when that. No,
0: I was. I think I was twenty when I had first got there. Nineteen when I first got there. And how do you know? I'm thirty one. Thirty
1: one. You start to forget once you get into. (laughs) Yeah,
0: dude. I just you know, and when you've done as many jobs, your mind just isn't really there. What haven't you forgotten?
2: (laughs) (laughs) And so, so you get out of the military, you have this new right. vice for for well, and, well
0: and, and even even then, so I got that vice. I'm also I grew up or or i I essentially came into manhood in a dog eat dog world, where violence is is who who who. You know how you get on top. Yeah. It's being the best at killing somebody. It's being the most the, the most violent in action. It's being aggressive. It's being all these things, right? And so I get medically discharged out of the military for my injuries that, I, you know, that I had that I had sustained, and then uh, I get r- I come right back home with no transitional period, and I'm an angry young man uh, with with hatred in my heart. I hadn't been going to church when I when I got into the military. I I, I had stopped going to church altogether. So yeah. you're talking about probably four or five years. Uh, four years, five years of of yeah. just really, really going out there.
2: And so at that point, you know, you had walked away. Would you say that, you know, God really did not enter into your thoughts at all? No, I wouldn't say him, that. I knew, would that
0: I, like? I knew, I knew, and I knew that he was, I had never questioned the existence of God. I've never yeah. questioned him as his existence as Jesus. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, it was always there. That was always a part of me. I never, it was just, I just wasn't going to church. Got it. You know what I Got mean? It. And I wasn't <laughs> walking Right, yeah. <laughs> you know what? For for whatever we say right is, you know. And so I get out of the military, I come home, and uh, I got ten thousand dollars in severance pay, you know, from the military. Spent it in like a month and a half, all in cocaine and partying. Like uh, just propagated this, <laughs> this this party mentality. I had a bunch of friends that I, you know, that weren't necessarily the best, and uh, but then I really started getting. I th- I'd say, let's say. Man, when did I leave for Texas, Jason? What year was oh that? Oh my
1: gosh, uh, twenty. That's probably thirteen.
0: Yeah, and so the two years before that, and it's interesting to me that uh, that your dad was the one that that got you to church, right? Because it's the same story for me. And now you have to understand my dad, and I'm not. He, I, I'm sure he's comfortable with me telling this story, but he was never a believer before that. You know, it was just my mom taking us, me and my my three younger sisters, to church. Dad was never. He and he was. Yeah. And this is post. Dad meeting Jesus, he was not a very... Uh, easy man to get along with pre
1: you you mean pre
0: yeah pre pre pre, jesus pre jesus not post jesus yeah pre (laughs) jesus my dad was an incredibly uh, a different person and uh and the change that has been in him now is is unreal i mean he completely 180 yeah it's like one of the the few stories in my life that i can look at one of the few jesus stories in my life that i can look at that saw somebody do a complete 180 and
1: that was it
2: you know what i mean and just
1: interesting tidbit so when christopher moved here what year did you move here
2: Uh, 2012.
1: 2012. Christopher moves here um, and was living with Mike and Dusty there for a while. Yeah, it was
2: was about a year and a half. I mean, your your parents played a – pivotal role in, yeah. in loving me through yeah. my sin and loving think, me through. But I think that, maybe dude, there was really a moment
1: where Casey was living with me and then you were living with them. And so <laughs> yeah, We had, yeah, it we had essentially just traded family <laughs> it was, members. It's like you take Casey and we'll take Chris. Okay. Yeah. That sounds good. Cause. And you
0: know, and to be fair, to be fair at that point in my life, um, honestly was the spiral that was, you know, Jason was talking about the spiral and I had had a spiral. Like I, I, i I'd been in some dark places, uh, but th- those two years leading up to Texas were the darkest of my life. Mm. And my family did not want anything to do with me. Um, it's important to understand that because uh, there's a point, there comes a point in anybody's life that is dealing with an addict or has an addict in their family where you just can't do it anymore. You know what I mean? You yeah. cannot, you can no longer uh, help them get access or, or give them a place to stay. You know, sometimes the best thing that ever happened to me was when my parents said, no, my sister said, no, Jason even looked me in the eye and said, I can't do this anymore, bro. Like he he said, I want you, I want so bad for you, you know, but I keep, but God's not giving me the green light. That was exactly the word that he said. He said, God, I I can't get a green light on this man. And so anyway, so back to the story about my dad, dad went to aviator and, uh, got his life changed. He got his life rocked and he was actually the one that He's like, man, you gotta, you gotta come, you gotta come to this church. And I was like, you know, I'm not really into the church thing right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, same story, man. I, I go, I walked in there, and this was when Aviator was small, and it was like this this ball of energy of of. Is it the high school? Yeah, it was at the high school, and it was so new and fresh, and it was a fresh outlook. And uh, Joe preached this message, dude, that pierced. So I went with my dad, and Joe preached this message that pierced my heart. I was with the girl that I was dating at the time. And, uh, man, I broke for Lord there. And that was the start, right, of this want of that
2: desire in me to, to to come back to the Lord. So would you say pre that there was no there was not this desire there was for the, more? No, there wasn't God. the desire. It okay. was it was
0: all I saw was drugs. You know what I mean? That's all I wanted, and uh, that painkillers. That's what I wanted to feel. Now people have are addicted to painkillers, but I had a love. I love them. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's a it's wow. a deep seated love in my heart for getting high on painkillers, and that's that to me is a sobering reality in my life now because it is it is a love relationship. It's Gosh. not a, it's not a I'm a dependent on it because when I came off painkillers I had been doing these for years and years and years I had no physical symptoms uh, of coming off when you come off those kind of things you have to be under watch you know what I mean I had no physical symptoms uh, you know of coming off yeah you know I didn't have any of the any of the any of the 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 worst thing I had was my I had restless leg syndrome but I was never physically dependent on them it was a love relationship with them and so and that's important to understand so anyway I had no I had no uh, desire but once once uh, Joe preached that message and I couldn't even tell you what he said, dude. All I know is that there was, there was, and everybody. I remember so vividly that everybody was exiting, and I couldn't because I was so ashamed that I was crying in public because I was breaking. So I just sat there until everybody left, so that I could leave in secrecy. My entire life has been has been one of hiding, yeah, has been one of secrecy. And and to be honest, um, I have fooled so many people in my life, uh, not being honest, and I'm a manipulator and a liar, and I can Gosh. and I get under. I get under, and nobody knew how deep, how deep uh, my problem was. Nobody knew, and honestly, I was lying to myself so well that I that I thought I had everything under control. And it's really interesting because the heart is deceitful above all things, and who can know it? Only the Lord, you know what I mean. And He has to decipher those things because I can't even you can't even look at I can't even look at my life and say, oh, this and this and this. It was like, dude, God was the only one that could decipher through my lies because there were so many that I didn't even know what, who I was. Yeah, you you, know what I mean? you
2: lost track of the truth. Right.
0: And so, uh when I started to make that comeback for the lord uh you know uh,
1: don't call it a comeback,
0: yeah, honestly, when you start making steps, you watch all of hell coming against you, and you will see it, you know what i mean, and i've seen all of hell come against me, you know uh simply for making a step in the right direction yeah. you know what i mean and it's it's personal and it's and it hurts you know what i mean that some that there's an entity out there that is so diabolical and so malicious that he will try to kill you at every single step would
2: you can. say that you had manifestations happen in your life in and, and all sorts Absolutely. of this like physical physical manifestations
0: yeah. uh like I can tell you stories and you know it's really strange even when you're even when you're uh, a Christian and I use that term loosely uh you use you know, I've been in situations even in among uh, when I'm using drugs still proclaiming the name of Jesus man and I'm ashamed about that but at the same time I'm not because Jesus was in those dirty places and yeah. his name belongs there you know what I mean because he he is king and so uh these places were I've had de- demonic manifestations you know what I mean but use the name of Jesus, and then those subside. It's really strange because the power of Jesus has power. Or it the pierces name. through the name of uh, Jesus, all of that. No matter yeah. who uses it, you know what I mean? It, it has power. and so. But, yeah, I've had those manifestations. But, uh, honestly, it got really, really bad, um, like I said, two years before I left for Texas. And this is where the majority and the bulk of, the, of my my God stories really uh they culminated. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's almost amazing to hear. And I, I'm glad I get to share some of these stories. Uh, But I had gotten really bad, so bad that I started doing meth and uh, selling meth just to get meth. You know what I mean? So it wasn't, oh, I had money and stuff like that. It was just, it it was, I just started doing it. And those were the worst times in my life. You know, I was dating a girl at that time and Jason knows who I'm talking about. That was no good. And and this,
1: and and I mean, as far as like what you were doing, like I knew you were doing stuff, but I had no idea it was meth. When yeah. I heard that, I, my mind was blown. I had no clue. Yeah. No idea. Yeah. yeah. Nobody
0: knew. And that's a dangerous, dangerous place to be. Yeah. You know, um, we spend so much of our time isolated from the flock, you know what I mean, that it becomes normal to be isolated, and it becomes normal to be under that kind of oppression. You know, and it's not normal to be under that kind of oppression. Mm-hmm. I mean, I suppose in a, in a, in a, a grand scheme, it is, but... Like, what I've lived through, you know, and the kind of oppression that I was going through, I don't think that that should be normal in somebody's life. I believe that there should be increments of freedom. I believe that there should be progression in your freedom. And I was so far in in bondage that, you know, and then couple that, like I said, with with depression and everything else. And, man, I remember one time uh, I was living at my sister's house, and she was gone. I think she was at work or something. And I was living in her apartment, and I came home. I had been on a bender and I wanted, uh, like, I I just kind of I walked in the door, and I said hello just to make sure Alexis wasn't home, and she wasn't. And so I just like sl- shut the door, and I and I got on my knees and laid on the floor, and I was crying so hard because I was so lost and depressed, and I wanted to take my life uh, then because I it was just I felt like this withdrawal from me, like a a withdrawal of presence, like what what it must mm. be like to be in hell. And I wanted to take my life yeah. and in that moment when I wanted my mom called Ooh. and uh, yeah,
1: we're glad you're with us, bro. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely.
0: And so and so, you know, she she talked me through this, you know, and, and we had a deep conversation. But anyway, so that's how that's how deep and dark it was. I was just in a really, really bad place. And then all, uh, the,
2: all the while, your mom, your mother, is a praying mom who is dude, a prayer warrior and, who went to bat for you time and time and time and again. Let me—I
1: think uh, if God had a doorstep, Dusty was sleeping on it goodness, day and night. No joke. Yeah, and you know I, I
0: know that, and I am honestly convinced that uh, that my mom's prayers are honestly what kept me here because I I have one mode, and that's all ham. Like there is no, there is no hard as a mug. There is no. Uh, mediocre with me. There's no middle ground. Yeah. If I do something, and you'll see, even with even within the context of spirituality, I will do the absolute extreme. You know what I mean? There is yeah. no. There's nothing else. And so, you know, uh, I, I I I believe that I I shouldn't be here. Except for that, it would have broken my
2: mom in half if yeah. I if I if something would happened. And to so me. you you had this you know, this laying out moment on the floor. Right. You're, you're praying. And, and all my that.
0: dad said something to me. That that was profound um, He was like, you know what man like and he was so pissed at me because I was just doing what I was doing and one time uh, the police came to the to my parents house looking for me uh, because Because I had had a warrant for my arrest and my mom answered the door and she saw a police officer And she broke right there because she thought I was dead Yeah, but just because a police officer was at my doorstep or my parents doorstep. She thought the worst and so the, so I'm going through all this, going through all this, and this is... And then we started moving into the, the period where um, I'm struggling and struggling and struggling. The church is knowingly putting me in a leadership position, okay, knowing that I have a drug problem.
1: I'm raising my hand on no, that
0: one. And I'm not pointing fingers to to, to accuse. Yeah. I'm simply speaking the truth because it's important, yeah. okay? And uh, knowing that I had a drug problem, knowing that everything... Wasn't all right, but yet the the prescription, the spiritual prescription, was plug me in, and maybe it'll change. And, and what
2: did that? And what did that speak to you internally? You know, what did that? Did that? What did that do to you? To, to I wanted know? somebody.
0: I wanted somebody to tell me that it was not okay. I wanted somebody to tell me. You know what I mean? And and to be there and and tell me that it was not okay. Not not give me. You know what I mean, leadership or, or a position in front of people, you know what I mean I, just so we recognize the gift in people and and we forget that there is a there is a, a period where you have to you have to take care of that seed, you mm-hmm. know what I mean yeah, and you have to help it germinate and help it grow. you know what I mean not not just because you 're like oh man there 's a little bit of fruit, you know what I mean, butting out, you just pop that fruit off, you yeah. know what I mean uh, We look so hard at giftings and talent in people that we forget that people were having some serious issues and and the church really needs to take this to heart because there are people in your congregation right now pastors that are d- that are dealing with drugs and you don't know it there are people in your congregations right now pastors in your flock you know what i mean that are struggling whether or not they want to live anymore there are people in your flocks right now and that's every congregation i don't care where it's at there are people that are hiding because they are so ashamed because we have we have steeped on law we have steeped on these 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 uh you know these it's, it's it just propagates shame, it propagates or, the, or, the, or the
2: work of the Lord, and you've we've placed we've placed the the work of the Lord, and, and I use that in air quotes right. the work of the Lord over the health of a person, right? Unfortunately, and, and and behind it, this word of intentions has is it's so deceitful because I think it, I and I can speak from this place as as a person who's done that you know in, in previous ministry roles to where I've known that there's issues, but but the work of ministry is is you know. The most important thing in my mind at that moment was kids coming to Christ, and so I can overlook sin in a leader's life because God's going to use them for the greater good, right? And and, and, and so that we can't,
0: and we can't, and you know, I've had a lot of hatred, and I got to be honest with myself too, and with the people around me, is that I've had a lot of hatred and bitterness in my heart towards the church and towards things like that because, because. I didn't know where to put place that frustration, or or I guess I didn't understand where that frustration should go. In your anger, do not sin. Yeah. And I've been going around here sinning my, you know, in my anger against the church and my frustration against the church, and that's not the answer. Okay, yeah. the church is doing a lot of things wrong, but but the answer is not what I had been doing, which is speaking out against it yeah. and being a complete jerk. You know what I mean? Although the truth that I was saying was really was truth, I was swinging that sword so. Undisciplined that it was hurting people, you know what I mean and yeah. there's a big difference between deciphering between soul and spirit and then just cutting people's heads off yeah. you know what i mean and a big big difference and so i've I'm learning now to, to to kind of keep my mouth shut and and I don't do it very well but you know <laughs> but i'm in this i'm in this i'm in this this there's been a heart now. change right. yeah there's been a heart change there's, there's been so hard and that's recent.
2: And I just want to interject right, really good. Jason, you looked like you had something that you wanted to add as Casey was addressing um, the talk of leadership and being placed in that Yeah, so I
1: was just, I mean, Casey said he's not, you know, he wasn't talking about that to like place blame on anybody or anything like that. But the truth is like I, I was the guy, like he was coming to Aviator North Wichita and being a young church planner and trying to grow this thing and, you know, do this thing and reach this milestone and, and all this stuff and create this place. Here's Casey who has a freaking voice of an angel, who can sing the f- pain off a wall. Clearly right?
2: like, has gifting and anointing. Clearly yeah. has
1: gifting and anointing. And so it's like, well, if we can just get him plugged in, like let's get him focused. Like let's let's get him in a place where he's saying that he's making an impact and maybe some of that stuff will like just fade away. It's not, I mean, that's crazy. I'm like, let's get him in a in a volunteer position, not let's get him in the presence of the Father. Like how yeah. foolish oh,
2: man. was yeah. that,
1: right? Yeah. As though volunteerism was going was gonna, to, Reach back to when, however, however old he was. So you tried to you tried to
2: give him purpose when what he needed was presence.
1: (laughs) Yes, it's crazy. It's
0: crazy. And 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 to be to be honest about that, uh, the most the biggest frustrations in my spiritual life have been two things. It's been um, the that right there, what we just talked about, and then Mm -hmm. it's been also uh, theology, Mm -hmm. Uh, doctrine has really has been the two biggest. obstacles in, in my spiritual life to overcome. And so let's, let's go back to where we were
2: at, which is. Absolutely. You, I mean, you were to your mom, you know, the police had yeah. come to the door. Yeah, your just, mom thought, just, yeah.
0: just giving you a, a glimpse of how dark it was. Well, then this is, this is when, uh, two of my friends, um, died the same morning. We all know who they are. And out of respect for the family, I'm not going to, I'm not going to name the names, but, uh, it was close to me. Um, really, really close to me. Could have been me actually. And so, uh, so one morning we found out my friend had died, and yeah. then we're at the wake, everybody's mourning, and then we get a phone call, and our other friend had died the same morning. And it so was... you imagine uh, it was just, it was it was real, it was surreal as well, um, really close. And that's when I started feeling targets on me, you know what I mean, because that, it doesn't stop there. Uh, I got deeper, I went deeper. Uh, so much to the point, you know, I'd be doing drugs and the people around me that were doing drugs with me, I said, man, you got to stop because you're going, wait, wait, you need to calm down. you know what I mean? That's that's where I was at. And uh, then after that, my best friend, one of my really, really good friends, he got shot and killed over an ounce of weed. You know, so I had, and that was within a very short time with, you know, very close proximity to each other. And so I started (laughs) like really... rethinking what's going on and I felt it so bad on me or so hard on me the dark there's just this darkness you're, this you're talking about this target right this, yeah. this enveloping darkness right and I was living with this girl and it got so bad man I was living with her and she found out and you know and she was she wasn't an angel I'm not saying you know anything bad against her but she wasn't an angel but to, to know what I was doing she found out what I was doing and she was like holy crap yeah. like man Get out of my house. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, so at 8 o'clock in the morning, she kicked me out of her house this one day. Got a box of clothes, $100, and a truck in my name. That's 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 all I had. And I called my mom. They didn't want nothing to do with me. Called Jason. That's when I called Jason. He says, dude, I can't give you the green light to come back to my house. Because I was living with Jason, and I still brought all that darkness and that hiding and and all those things with me. Uh, so I'm sitting here, not knowing what I'm going to do, and this is this is where it starts getting really good. I uh, I prayed. I, I just busted out into tears, dude. I weighed like 170 pounds, and if I'm 205 right now, so if you can see, I was skinny. Maybe I was losing my You're weight. Tall I dude too. I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't you know eating. I wasn't. I was broken. Like yeah. my spirit was broken. Physically, I was broken. Mentally, I was broken. I, my heart was broken. I just start, I cried right there in that in, my, in that truck outside of her house. And I was like, God, I I have got to get out of here. You know what I mean? I said, I and I prayed and I prayed so hard, dude. I said, I don't care what you have to do. I said, I need a way out of here right now, not tomorrow, not the next day, not whenever you feel like you can get around to it. I need a way <laughs> oh out gosh. of here right now. That's what I was praying in my frustration and my hurt. Yeah, and. uh and I looked down at my phone, and my phone went off. And my buddy, who was from the military, I hadn't talked to him in seven years, just messaged me out of nowhere. He was like, hey, man, what's been going on? And I just laid everything on him, like what was happening. And uh, he lived in Texas, Midland, Texas. And he said, well, dude, I've got a room just came open in my house right now, dude. Just be on your way right now. And, uh, and, and I got a place for you. You can, there's work down here. You can stay with me till you get a job. So five minutes after I prayed that prayer that through, through a person that wasn't even a Christian, that door opened and I left, I I took it, I left, I got out of there, you know, and that was the beginning of, of texts, my Texas experiences, which, which is, which led me to teen challenge.
1: That's funny. It's like the Lord sent me to Kansas to get away from my Texas experience, and the Lord <laughs> took Casey to from, Can- to get- from Kansas to Texas to get away from his Kansas experience. Right. Really interesting. And so
0: and, and so uh, so I'm going to be really vague about some things just because for time and you know it's just not really that important. So I went to Texas. True. Went to Texas. I was trying to get my stuff straight. Uh, I got a good job by a good man who really poured a lot into me. Uh, that's a whole other slew of God experiences right there. But his name is Terry Williams and. I don't know if you'll ever hear this, but man, Terry, dude, he poured he poured into my life so much. I mean, I had nothing, and he like gave me a job. He bought me my own camper, put me on my own, like a piece of land. Like he did everything he could. He's a good Christian man, you know. What I mean? and, he did, and
2: what did that? And what did that speak for you? Because I mean, you had had you had, had some some family members who had gone above and beyond in your life, and and so what was that like to have this man that you didn't know? It was,
0: it was still a point. It was still a point of guilt and shame, though, because I. The same thing came around. You know what I mean? I started working at this place. And as soon as, you know, like like snap of a finger, dude, freaking drugs, cocaine. And then this dude was like, hey, man, I got painkillers all day, right? And so all day, every day. And so I was like, bet, man. And so this is where I started Yikes. getting into spending all of my paychecks, right? And then going into his pocket for my next check, and so once I was in his pocket, all my checks were going straight to him because it was a reciprocating thing, yeah. right? And just painkillers. And so I would go, I would work all day, you know, in a in a in a steel warehouse. Okay, high all day long. Okay, I would go back to the my camper. I wouldn't eat. I would just get high off painkillers and drink till the next day. You know what I mean? And some of the loan and I couldn't and I didn't have my car at the time because my license was revoked I couldn't get a license in the state of Texas so I'm revoked or suspended I can't I can't drive anywhere and so I, ha- I lived right across from our foreman so he'd pick me up in the mornings take me to work and then he'd drop me back off at home so I'd be out in the middle of the desert in Midland, Texas which is the ugliest place you'll ever be you know what I mean <laughs> in this camper alone isolated in the, in the turmoil you know what i mean and uh i started going to terry's church and uh there's a little lady there her name is frankie and <laughs> sweet texas lady you know what i mean you know the type and and uh she just really grabbed a hold of me she loved me you know what i mean and yeah and uh she just wanted to be there for and, and sue arrington too uh she poured into my life but so i go i'm going to this church frankie they all know i'm high but of course they put me on i, I they put me on stage. You know, I, mean? <laughs> I was, I don't think the pastors knew, but people knew that something was wrong with me. I didn't look right. You know, yeah. like, I didn't look healthy. Okay. <laughs> but got on stage anyway, playing the bass, singing songs, do what I do. You know what I mean? And it's amazing how you can just do what you, what you're talented and what you're gifted to do.
2: Yeah. And just do and it. you can be completely broken <laughs> on the <laughs> you know inside what I mean? Like just a wreck. But it's there.
0: You know what I mean? And yeah. it's like this, oh, well, this is what I do. I, I play music. You know what I mean? And, and I just do what I know I'm good at doing. And, and so, but anyway, so Teen Challenge was coming through. Uh, they do this little song and spiel where they do their dance and their song, and then they like... What do you mean, Teen Challenge? Yeah, can explain Teen Challenge is? It's a, Teen Challenge is a, a ministry where you basically go and live uh, isolated from the world. It sounds kind of cultish, but was it's not. Was it Wilkerson that started it? It was Dave Wilkerson. It's his ministry. Yeah. Ongoing. And they have them all around the U.S. and all around the world, actually. Yeah
2: so it's a it's I think a, I got a friend who did something very similar, yeah, so you
0: go there you go there for nine months and then you get entered you go into re what's oh, called re yeah. yeah what's called reentry for three months and then you graduate the program allegedly <laughs> you're, you're, supposed to, you're supposed to graduate the program in twelve months, but I was on the extended stay program I stayed there for sixteen <laughs> and, uh, so, <laughs> so but this is the, this is one of the greatest parts of the story is uh so the the teen challenge came through and they're doing their thing, and, like, uh, I connected with their stories, you know what I mean? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I connect with the stories, and Frankie's like, see, the Lord's telling me you got to go. You got to go to Teen Challenge, and I was like, see, they're, they're just like you, and I said, just because I connect with them doesn't mean that that's what the Lord wants me to do, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so she's like, well, you you need to go, and the Lord's telling me you need to go. I was like, Frankie, okay. She's like, will you just, will you just call them on Monday, which is the next day of Sunday? I did not know if you knew that or not, but... <laughs> She's like, well, you call them tomorrow and just talk to them and see what they have to say. And I said, Frankie, for you, I will do that. Nice. Okay. And so uh, I'm at work on Monday, and uh, I...
2: And you knew she was going to hassle you
0: about it. Yeah, I did. I did. Did you call yet? I'm calling right now. And so before then, I prayed because, I mean, I was really starting to get slipped down into darkness, man, again, because like once I left for Texas, I was free of all that, dude, and I had a a bounce back in my step again. You know what I mean? And like Terry was good to me. I had a good job. I mean, that job was
2: good. So how long was it before you, when you went and then you had this period of six months? months. Okay.
0: Six months before it all started coming back again and it'll find you, you know what I mean? Wherever you go, doesn't matter. And so, so I'm getting ready to call Teen Challenge. And before then I was like, man, I was like, God, I've sold, I've, I've done on a whim what you wanted me to do before and I'll do it again. I said, I will sell everything I own and I will go, if that's, if this is what you want me to do, I need to know that I said, look, I'm not doing 98%. Like I'm talking hundred percent. I want to know that this is what you want me to do. And so I call, <laughs> I called and, uh, this lady picks up the phone, but, for, but I got to say this before I, before I called Frankie was like, you need to talk to ginger. That's her name. You need to talk to ginger. I said, I said, okay, I'll talk to ginger. And so I called, I asked for ginger and, uh, She's the intake. She's doing like intake. She's just asking questions, and she's like, "Well, where are you from?" I said, "You know, she's." Well, she's like, "Well, where, what are your drugs of choice?" I said, "Everything, but I, you know, painkillers, heroin, stuff like that," because I was shooting too at that point, and uh, yeah, and so, um, so I told her, and then she's, she's like, "Well, where are you from?" I said, "I'm from Wichita, Kansas," and she goes, "Oh," <laughs> and I said, uh, "Did I miss something?" like, "What?" She's like, "Were you on a plane flight?" from houston to midland over thanksgiving and i said damn that was a really good guess i said how how did you, which was true because my parents still didn't want me home at that yeah. time so and i had a friend in houston and i uh, flew there to spend thanksgiving and with we him. hung out that time and we did hang out
1: because i was at home for houston at home in houston yeah for thanksgiving. and we did hang out i flew back and i got hammered on
0: the plane flight <laughs> and uh i said yeah that was a really good guess And she's like, you don't remember this, but I sat next to you on the plane flight. Dang. And and I have been praying for you ever since to come to this program. Gosh. And so in that instance... I hung up the phone. And, and you I, go, huh,
2: I wonder if this is what I'm supposed like, to really do. I really
0: just got, I need confirmation from the Lord. I just Lord, really so need to go pray about I this. I got to pray about this, right? And so, <laughs> Well, I didn't see it in scripture, so I don't think it's <laughs> biblical. You know, just give me a little bit. I, I hung up the phone, and I went to Terry's office. I said, look, I'm quitting. I got to go. And I sold everything I owned. I gave the camper back to him, uh, sold everything. And then I went into Teen Challenge, which some of the most trying times of my life, you know what I mean, um, is good. But... You know, I think sometimes we put so much emphasis on the prescription that, that we forget, you know what I mean? Or that we we miss the relationship, like these oh, things yeah. that we're talking Absolutely. about. We, we, we put so much emphasis on what we do, you know what I mean? And learning. Dude, when I was there, that's all I did was read and study and but I've been mean, for 16 months straight dude, with no distractions. You know what I mean? I was in it dude every single day because it was required, but not because not only because it was required, but because I wanted it, you know what I yeah. mean? So bad. And it's a, it's a assembly of God movement, right? Yeah. And so I wanted everything that he had, you know what I mean? that he had for me. And, uh, it still didn't save me, man. You know what I mean? Gosh,
2: and isn't that so interesting that we can we can cling so tightly to works and they're good things and they're they're good things that we do, and and you can you can uh, digest the scriptures night and day and still not have it. You can transform. Miss it. You can miss can,
1: it, the entire point, you which know is I mean? relationship. We, we can have a form of godliness and deny its power, and there yes. it is. And when I came out, what
0: happened? <laughs> Same story only this time more frustrating because I just went through 16 months of intensive biblical and, and, you know, away from the world and then to come back come back out and go s- straight back to it <laughs> you know what I mean it was it, to me it was profound because I was so fr- frustrated I was like you know and I prayed one time and I was like man I was like, what have I not done what have I not done what am I missing because I'm, I'm high right now and I'm praying to you and I'm like what what have I not done for you and he said first of all you haven't done anything for me you haven't done anything okay because what you've been through is nothing compared to you know what it costs which is everything Gosh. and that was always that was always the thing what was I hanging on to? What am I still hanging on to? And now my journey is is profound in the sense that, uh, you know, when I, even when I came back, I was still struggling with drugs and alcohol. Like, and you know, like I like to drink, I like to drink my fair share of beer sometimes. You know what I mean? And get out, get out, of, get a little. You know, it's, it's so it's, it's always this tap dance for me around, <laughs> yeah. around landmines. You know what I mean? Like just just doing a dance, right? I wish you could <laughs> see me right now, just doing a dance around <laughs> landmines. And uh, but now. You know, and, and and like I said, it was dark. I got back with my band, or I got back into For the Birds, and, dude, just really <laughs> sleeping with a girl every other weekend, freaking drugs, alcohol. Not with them, you know what I mean, uh, but personally for me. And then I moved into Jason's house. And ever since then, God has been blessing me. And I get this. My home,
1: like Kim and I are
2: home. Yeah, you're home. Because at this that was point, ba- you were no longer single. You were you're married you're married yeah
0: and the best thing that the best decision that i've made um so far to date was
2: was moving out and and moving into your house man you know and And so what was different this time moving into jason's place again
0: i don't know man this is when the source is really starting to push through i gave my testimony uh and, and like as a disclaimer like i'm no in no means am i saying oh i'm Oh, I'm per- everything's good now. You know what I mean. I still struggle with depression. I still struggle with with you know, vice. You know what I mean, like yeah. like the 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 want or the the
2: need. Yeah, there's you know the, the or tendency even, with testimonies even, to feel like you've even, arrived, right? And even
0: yeah. even hiding. So the point of this testimony is not to say that I've arrived. The point of the testimony is to say, brother, I'm struggling too, dude. We all, we we struggling out here, dude. It's it's hard, and it's always going to be hard. And I think and I believe that because we're in the world. But this is when the source. You know, when I moved into Jason's, the source had really started to break new ground in a sense of it wasn't church anymore it was just the gathering dude it was just getting together it wasn't programmed it was and to me I think that's part of the biggest frustration in my life is the church is not doing its job bro it's it's turned into well the church here it's turned in this entity that that fuels itself and it's like programmatic and like can run itself. And like, we got all these programs for kids and all these different ministries and ain't doing a dang thing. You know what I mean? Because they're not addressing the issues. The, the issue is that we need to get before the Lord. And that's the only place that's going to, that's the only place that I know that is safe, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because not even churches, hmm. you know, and even in the churches that I was going to, there were people that were doing drugs that I would do drugs with inside yeah. of churches. And this is why I'm saying, to keep a close eye on your flock. But anyway, so we're coming into the source. The source is starting to break new ground. I uh, started just we just started worshiping and, and you know and getting together. And to me, the power in those moments. You know, we'd had these moments sometimes where the the spirit of the Lord would fill the building, and you would just be you're like, yes. Yes, well Jason gets up uh I had a message, but <laughs> we're just gonna chill tonight like that kind of freedom to be just to get together right yeah. we need to stop we need to stop thinking that it's about it's about a preacher getting up and preaching a message it's mm-hmm. about getting together yeah. you know what I mean and being together and pouring into each other's life so it was so different so that's what's that's what really started my journey into co- into contemplative prayer and uh, meditation and really honestly stopping the doctrine in in my life because it has been the greatest hindrance Uh, and to come before the Lord fresh, like a baby, you know what I mean? Fresh from the womb, fresh, just a fresh baby. You know what I mean? And you, and you know what, like you can, you can even, babies smell different. You know what I mean? They smell fresh. You know what I mean? And there's a freshness about them. And so being reborn with no, they don't know what's going on, right? They all they are doing is receiving, and their receptors are firing off. You know what I mean? So much, so much so that they're tired all the time because of all the newness, right? In a hmm. world that they know nothing of, and so I've been really trying to get before him, knowing nothing, right? What Paul well, say I, I know nothing among you except for Christ crucified. That's the only crucify, thing I can look yep. at.
1: And Jesus also said, you have to enter a kingdom, enter the kingdom like one of these, you like a little child, yeah, like yeah. a child, right. receiving
0: and honestly i think that i tried to be an adult so much of my spiritual life fast forward straight to being an adult that i forgot to be a child and i forgot and i forgot to lay you know and let him you know how babies when you hold them they're just i they can't do anything yeah. like like to 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 just lay there and not be able to give him anything and to be okay with not being able to give him anything yeah. and to be okay with just being <laughs> the the object of his love You know what I mean mm, yeah, Like yeah. to be an object of love to somebody And like but like this is where Ezra comes into my life Right so I, I God blessed me with an amazing wife Jill is You know for the longest time I thought I was going to get some busted chick That's been doing drugs all her life And we're going to have to figure out a way to not do drugs every single day And like just try to open up a ministry for drug addicts And do all these things and do all this stuff But dude God gave me somebody that Doesn't know anything about that life Somebody pure in that aspect You know what I mean she has no idea about drugs and yeah that filth and that nastiness, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and it's, you know, that's been one of the biggest blessings in my life. Everything I do now is, is possible only because of her, you know what I mean? And, and, and the strength that she provides me and the grace that she provides me because man, I screw up all the time, dude. Like I'm still trying to figure this out, you know? And, uh, so it's been this, this just blessing after blessing after blessing. And then Ezra comes in and all of a sudden I understand to do nothing and, And to just lay back
1: and (laughs) and receive receive it. Do nothing and receive everything. Yeah. And that's the true picture of the gospel. And I think that's what changes us is when we finally get a grasp of the understanding of of receiving this beautiful gift. When we don't deserve it, we've not done anything to to earn it, but he still gives it. And he gives it lavishly and he gives it willingly and infinitely.
0: Right. And going back to... Uh, trying to pick fruit from the tree of knowledge rather than just receiving from the tree of life, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, going outside of our bounds for head knowledge, you know what I mean? And, and wisdom, which are surely good things for the soul, but they are not good things for spiritual life. And, uh, I'm trying to stop eating from that tree, bro. And I'm trying to honestly, uh, come back to just being and existing and existing in the, in the cool of the day with the Lord, you know what I mean? Like doing nothing else. Like what, what else is there to do? So I'm just, but that unraveling, it takes, and this is what I've talked about where like the church and
1: doctrine has
0: just wrapped me up so tight that it.
1: And explain that. Like when you say doctrine, like you trying to grasp the proper doctrine, you know, proper doctrine,
0: like, and, and for all of like I wanted so bad to know the Lord, that I was forgetting that to know the lord sometimes you just got to get with them, dude i was reading so much and we we idolize the bible you know what i mean we we have placed can
2: you, the, can you say can you say that again we idolize the bible we have
0: placed the scriptures for me we have placed the scripture above the lord and we've placed the written word of god as as uh, head above the rhema of God. The word of God that they're talking about is the sustaining word of God that sustains this entire universe and continues to sustain it, right? That's the word that we need to tap into. That's the word that I'm... And so like working in trees, like my job is a blessing now too, working in trees and just being outside and in that that vein, you know what I am mean? not trying to be some hippie naturalist. I'm just saying there's a lot of things you can learn of by just being outside and understanding and coming... Yeah. Like just... The process of the world, the process, the way that things reciprocate, the way that things grow, the way that you can see spiritual principles if you just look around you. But I've been looking so hard in the scriptures and certainly I'm not saying anything against the scripture. It's just like you have to have the right mind frame to to, to come to that and to come to it. As the Spirit leads, rather than rather than coming just taking, 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 just to receive, right and let, let the Spirit lead. Yeah, you. I
2: think our tendency is to look at at people like the Pharisees in the Bible and think that we are we are greater than they are. Um, and so, right. and so, I I think that that's sometimes something that can happen when if we really. You know, took a step closer and really examined ourselves. Unfortunately, we would find that we are a lot more alike than different, as far as the, as Pharisees, are as the Pharisees are right. concerned. And when it when it can even come to to idolizing, you know, Scripture at that point, uh, you know, the Old Testament stuff that they had had, you know, they had that stuff down, and and to not have the transformative power of it, you you can miss it. You, you can, can miss it.
0: You can absolutely miss it. And uh, you know, for, for to sum this all up, like. For me, the wilderness has been—and even in Scripture, wilderness is the place of growth. You know, it's the place of testing. It's the proving ground, right? The wilderness is— The 40 days. Yeah, Yeah. the wilderness, the the uninhabitable land, the dryness, right? To me, that has been the the biggest—I think the biggest blessing of my life, to have gone through everything I've gone through, to see the good and the bad of the church— you know what I mean? Yeah. To see fakeness, there is, a, there is a proclamation that will not save you. You know what I mean? And that yeah. causes a lot of frustration. Oh, well, just rely on you. When you don't know what to say, just say, say Jesus. Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Like, are you kidding me, dude? Come on. Like let's let's get out of here with the, with these with those with that stuff dude like honestly because it never changed me and and that's a frustration i fear for a yeah. lot of people and that frustration that that hidden frustration because you're not going to go to the church and just say oh well you guys just suck and you're not telling me the right stuff it's a hidden frustration it's a it's a, i'm going to bury that deep down because maybe it's just me
2: or right? or maybe there's a hope that maybe this is true maybe this is all that i have to do maybe i i just have to do these I things mean, all I when do it's more is than raise
0: that. a hand, you know
2: uh but for me I've wanted
0: truth I want nothing but it you know no matter what that cost me and Jason was there that one time when I when I prayed in the middle you know Remember, we were having that that meeting in your at your house, and I prayed someone in a joking manner that he would break me off. Remember that, and yeah, that was the start. That. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. that was honestly the start of the Lord breaking me off, and then yeah. I'm complaining about it the entire ten years it took. You know, what I mean? yeah, 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 you know. Yeah. But he's doing what I what I told him he could do. You need you, to you be you need to be careful. You know what I mean? So, about,
2: so uh, you know, as we as we kind of get down to the end of this this episode, and as we begin to wrap things up, the, here's what I'm walking away with. I'm I'm sitting here going what can I do? I'm asking myself this question, what can I do? And and I, and I think the tendency is to go, I want to help to prevent people from going through these things and these addictions and, and whatever sin they're wrestling with, when there is value in us going through those things. And so I want to change my question, what can we do to help prevent that? I mean, obviously, if, if the Lord will it, then, then it will not happen. But I want to rephrase this and, and ask the question, how can we help walk with our brothers and sisters through these things you know, in and an it, authentic and genuine and way. And that's a
0: good question because because the power in drug in drugs and drug addiction is is isolation, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Is is getting is so that Satan will get you alone so he can just I mean pound you and you know these these people are dying left and right from suicide from overdoses, you know what I mean? Because they don't reach out. it's hard sometimes to reach out unless unless God like really grabs, you know. And so I don't know um, I guess being a place where honesty is okay, where there is no. Because if I felt like somebody was going to judge me or or act unlovingly, to, I, I wouldn't do it. You know what I yeah. mean? But the, he, but Jason's my one of my best friends in the world, but I still didn't talk to him because I, I felt not because he portrayed that, but because in my mind there was a there was a judgment. There was a there was I have to be polished. Yeah. You know what I mean I have to be polished to be a part of this movement. And that is the biggest, you know, lie, to be polished, to be good enough. It's a big old pile of poopy. It's a big old, you know. <laughs> I don't, I mean, what what can we it's do, you contribute. know what I mean? Not just you. What can we do as the body yeah. of Christ to Absolutely. really to really be open to these people so that they can understand that it's okay to talk to people. It's okay to reach out. It's okay that you that that you 're not okay, and I, that sounds so cliche in our in our Christian language, yeah, but when yeah. I say it, I mean it, it you is, mean it it's, it it's is a different okay thing. that you are not we, we, we spend all this time hiding like god doesn 't see it the church doesn 't see it my parents don 't see it, Ooh, therefore God might not see it, but yeah. man we we he sees it all, and we have to be naked before him. we have to be naked with yeah. other people we have to be we had, we did an episode about vulnerability you have to be vulnerable you know what i mean and so how do we convey that you know how do we reach out you know and honestly discipleship is where it's at you know because you can you can arouse my emotion you know what i mean and the lord, the word of the lord may cut to my heart one sunday morning but then I go off by myself discipleship yeah, yeah absolutely discipleship is where it changes everything the, the
2: gap needs to be bridged from it the Sunday be. from the Sunday gathering to the everyday life to and ev- everyday this is living. my
0: life and somebody needs to live it with me yeah. do we and we've done a very good job in this society of making it individual our society is all about individuals and so yeah. if he can separate us from being a one, a unit then he can he can pick us apart one by one we have to be together and I think that the unity and the togetherness is honestly what's going to change not only drug addiction and all these things but I think all the 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 sin and these things in the church. I think that that open honesty. But I'm not going to be open with somebody that I don't feel is my family or doesn't feel. Yeah, what absolutely. Cares, you know Nor what I mean? will
2: you take correction from someone that exactly. is just. It, it requires that that relationship. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Dude, this has been all over the place. And I, I'm sorry. No, no, I hope people no, get. It. It just I hope people get it. It's just there's so much there's so much material, dude. I could I could spend.
2: Dude, we Hours and hours and, and hours and hours talking oh yeah. about
0: testimony, you know, my testimony. I just don't know where to go because there's so, there's so much material so, to cover. So where you know? are
1: you now? Just give us like a... Here's... Bro,
0: right now I'm trying to be a babe before the Lord, you know what I mean? Like, that's it. Like contemplative prayer, like really, I think that there's a lot of, you know... Looking inside, you know, and and letting the spirit and being quiet, man. I'm so sick of hearing people talk. I'm so sick of hearing Christians talk. I really am. I'm so sick of it within the church. Well, the podcast. I'm so <laughs> sick. Yeah. No. No. I mean. Yeah. Exactly. And that's why I was like, man, you know, because the Lord really has me in a place of really just trying to be quiet and, yeah. and just because you know, and we have this ego, man, and it's you know, it's 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 death. It's it's deadly. It can be, but. Dude, I just I'm trying to be where I'm at now. I'm just trying to stop being so judgmental against my brother You know, I have no judgment against the world because the world's the world man But I think sometimes i'm too hard on on the church and too hard on my brother and and honestly I got I got, you know a plank in my eye that I need to take a walk off of so I need to stop, you know looking at the specs and others and honestly just like And just be right and stop striving so hard Cease striving man and know that I'm God. So we're talking about knowing God all, all this time. I'm striving to know him. But he's saying if you want to know God, is in the ceasing of your be striving. Still. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, right. cease, stri- chill Absolutely. out. Chill dude. out. Why don't you chill out? <laughs> you know? And, and just exist and be a babe. You know what I mean? It's My a wife's a babe. Friend, It's because we sure. feel like hey, we uh, can't uh, earn that. <laughs> it it, it, it doesn't, right. doesn't feel earned at that point. You can't earn it. Yeah. You know?
2: Yeah. And so and so to sit and just rest and to be present and to get in presence we, feels. It, it is the definition of, of grace, and it feels and it feels wrong, and it feels like we it sh- does. And our flesh feels like no, there, there's we gotta do something we can do. Yeah, yeah so, it, it's we're so getting ready to adverse. spin off again. It's
0: so adverse that it's so adverse to us. You know what I yeah. mean? We have to do something.
1: You know, I I have to. I have got to do something. Yeah, chill
0: out, bro. It's not that serious, right?
1: Be still and know that He is the Lord. You
0: want to know the Lord? It's in the stillness, and so that's that's where I'm at. Stillness, contemplative prayer and meditation, (laughs) yeah, and not saying anything before Him. Just going and being okay in that season, and being okay with doing that, and and being okay with being jacked up. And knowing, man, this is going to take some time. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> there's a lot of it's a identities. There's process. a lot of identities that I've built within myself that are lies that, that need mm-hmm. to go. And I'm still trying to find myself. And I think that's the most frustrating part is coming out of all that yeah. and like trying to find who I really am in the mm-hmm. Lord and, and shedding off every other identity, identity and I've, that I've made. Thing. Yeah.
1: So. Yeah. Identity is huge. We probably ought to tackle identity in the Lord. Yeah. So I hope, I hope
0: that. I hope that. Uh, no it's good brother I hope that blessed somebody dude Whatever. I'm You're blessed just sowing the seed straight up
1: just hashtag too blessed to be stressed right now brother <laughs> <laughs> we love you Casey thanks for sharing your heart man yeah, yeah. I, I, I certainly have heard some things from you today that I didn't even know so that's still you man you gotta dude. bring them to the light bro I know that's yep
0: anything that becomes illuminated becomes a light and if we're called to light we're called to illuminate things in the darkness that we can only do that through bringing them to the light but we hate right. being we hate coming to the light because our deeds are, are evil, exposed you know? yeah you expose it it becomes light so
1: yeah good stuff thank you guys for listening it's salty dogs podcast check us out on salty dot and follow us salty dogs cast on facebook twitter and instagram uh, check out our website sign up for our email share out our our, um, our podcast people you know who might be blessed by this give us some feedback let us know what you're thinking how you're responding to the things we're talking about and uh, we just want to hear from you guys want to try and spend uh, this season building some online community getting some feedback and uh, just doing a little bit more to have some more uh, some more reach some more effectiveness and so you guys are going to be the ones that are going to help us do that so really appreciate you love you and we'll check you next time see y'all out